0: And man, what an incredible week one it was when he was talking about doubt and an uh, incredible, incredible week uh, last week. And I want to continue in this question series. What we did, if you do not know, in the last few months we had a box out front and we just, we just asked people, said, hey, put your questions in this box. And we want to go to the Bible and we want to answer these questions and see what the Bible has to say because sometimes we have the wrong answers, amen? Amen. And we want to go to the right answer, which is always where in God's Word. And we want to see what God's Word has to say. And a lot of these questions uh, that you turned in had to do with how to handle people in your life. How many of you have people in your life? Yeah, everybody has people in your life. And a lot of the questions went towards. Uh, What do we do with this person? How do we act around this person? What do we do if this person does something to us? Uh, A lot of it had to do with uh, how to handle people. And today, uh, this is what I want to talk about, is is because I believe we all have these. Actually, my title was, How to Handle Difficult People. But I really looked at your questions, and it went farther than just difficult people because we have difficult people around us, and and we have to handle those. But a lot of the questions dealt with offensive people. So I I just want to talk today on how do I deal with offensive people. Would you pray with me? Because I want God to speak today in our hearts. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this day. God, I thank you for your presence that we feel. I ask you to do your will, God. Let your words speak today to our hearts. Let our hearts be open, God, and let us be healed by your word today, God, because we are all affected by offensive people, God, and we know you were too, but God, we ask that your word speak to our hearts and heal our hearts and lead us, God, and how we too can handle offensive people. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen, 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 amen. Uh, So so today I'm going to talk about how to deal with offensive people. Now already, already in this room right now, there's people in your mind right now, okay, just keep them there, okay? Because we're going to handle those people in just one minute. Um, so we're going to talk about that. But, but before I talk about how to handle offensive people, there, there's a topic that I really want to talk about. Because in this world, in 2018, this is a topic that, man, it, this topic is ruling our world. It is what how we make our decisions off of. And, and it, you know, it, I, I was actually thinking about this in the 90s, I don't want to offend anybody today, but uh, in, in the 90s, people used sex to sell. They would put things up on the billboards and, and writings and, and all these things, and that's how they sold their item because they would put sexual items up there. And that's what sold in the 90s, in the early 2000s. Do you know what is selling today? It's a fence. It's, it's how can I offend you in one way or another. They're reaching out there to offend you so you will go out and you will, add, and, and, and they will get their name on the billboards. And they will get their name bigger and, and, and their notoriety. Whether it's good or bad, they don't care anymore. They don't care anymore. But the way that they're selling things today, and you will see it on you know, a day-by-day basis. But the way that they sell items and get their names on the billboards and get their names in social media and hashtag their name is by offending people. And I want you to understand that. It's the biggest tactic that is out there right now we're going to talk a little bit about offense i mean it, it's so huge it's it's everywhere we go you see it you see it in your home you see it on the tv you see it on you hear it on the radio you 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 talk about it at work you, it, it's it's everywhere we go offense i'm i'm offended you're offended they're offended and if you're not offended well i'm just offended by that <laughs> that's the way the world is today it's it, it, it's offense it, it, it's it's taken over our world today. And we need to realize this and and how do we handle it? So so we're going to talk a little bit about offense and and, and we're going to go and we're going to see what the Bible has to say about this, okay? We're going to see what what the Bible says. and We're going to go to 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 23 through 26. I've got a lot of scriptures. I've got some notes that you want to write down. If you want to get your phones out, take notes in that. If you want to take a tablet, this would be good because we all deal with offensive people, okay? So I want you to go home and I want you to chew on these notes a little bit. So 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 23 through 26 says this. Again, I say, okay, Again, I say, this is Paul to Timothy. Now, Paul's in a prison. He's in a dungeon. He has been offended in every way possible. And he's in a dungeon waiting to die. And he's telling Timothy, he says this. He says, again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. Now, that's good. You may be dismissed. Let's go, let's go home. Because that right there, we could chew on for about two hours. Okay. That is the Word of God right there. Don't get involved in it. Okay? If I, I, I thought about wearing Nike tennis shoes today. I did. And I, I prayed to God and I said, God, do you want me to wear tennis shoes? Because I really want to wear Nike tennis shoes. You know why? Because it would bring offense in the house. But this is what it says. You, you put Nike, you put anybody in, in you, you put any, anything that has offended you, I'm sorry if it has, but put that topic on this scripture right here that says, again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. Whoa, that's heavy right there. We're going to go on. A servant of the Lord, say, that's me, must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. And, 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 uh, and, and in the Greek version of everyone, it says, Everyone. Be able to teach and listen, oh, this is big. And be patient with difficult people. Be patient with difficult people. Gently, not offensively, gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. And then they will come to their senses. Listen to this. This is a biggie right here and escape from the devil's trap, for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. Now, I'm not saying that's Nike. I like Nike shoes. I'm sorry. I'm here to offend today. I like Reebok. I like Adidas. <laughs> I just like the way they feel. I could care less with, it, with what they put in the no- social media. You know, it, this is the deal. If we were to go and wear strictly what didn't offend us, and eat what what didn't fit the people that, and eat their items, we would starve to death and be naked. <laughs> okay, I'm just throwing this out there. Okay? So why do we get into the foolish games of the world that says, hey, be offended by this, be offended by that? Because they're only trying to sell their their items. Okay? So if if we were to decide, I'm not going to eat this because they, I'm not going to go to Starbucks because they offend me. I'm not going to wear Nike because they offend me. I'm not going to wear this and that and do this and that. Well, we just might as well walk around naked and not eat anything. If if we're going to judge what we do in our life based on how they offend us. I'm sorry I'm here to tell the word of God because it says don't get involved in ignorant, in in these foolish games, okay? We're going to go on. I've already offended most of you in here and that's what I'm trying to do right now. (laughs) Paul is telling Timothy here that there will be difficult people. Say this. Say, I'm a difficult person. (laughs) Thank God we finally admitted that. We are all difficult people. You know why? Because we're people. We are not Jesus Christ. We are not God Almighty. We are human beings on this world. And when God created us, he knew we would make mistakes and not be perfect people. Paul is telling Timothy here, you will deal deal with difficult and offensive people. There will be people that disagree with you, people that oppose you, people that want to start fights, people that will hurt you. There will be difficult people in your life. Thank you, Brandon. I came to church to feel better about myself. And now I understand this. we've, We've got to get this point. There will be difficult people. And then Timothy wants you to understand this. That we live in an imperfect world. We live in an imperfect world. People can be difficult because we live in a sinful world. People are not perfect. But we've got to understand this. That we are people too. Do you understand that you may have been a difficult person at times also? No, no, elbows to the ribs today, please. (laughs) But the first thing that we've got to understand is that we may be difficult people ourselves. Romans 3 and 23 says this. For most people have sinned for all. For all has sinned. We're going to God's word. And fallen short of the glory of God. We're all imperfect. Trying to be perfect. But along the way, offenses will come to us. So let's be honest. We're not perfect. We make mistakes. And that also means that other people make mistakes also. How many of you like to travel? You like to go places? You like to travel? You like to... Enjoy God's creation. I love to travel. We love to go places. But when, when you travel, there's a big decision that you've got to make, right? This is beyond where are we going or what are we doing? This is how much stuff do I need to bring with me on this trip? Do we have any underpackers in here? Like you're like, like I only need this much. Like you go on a if you're an underpacker, raise your hand. You you go on a seven-week vacation or a seven-day vacation. You take three t shirts, two pair of shorts, and one pair of underwear. <laughs> I worry about you. You you're the underpackers in here. Or you're like, I only need five shirts. We're gonna be there five days. I'm taking five shirts, five pair of pants, and five pair of underwear and a toothbrush. How many of you are underpackers or the, the the regular packers? Anybody here wanna be honest? You're like, I can make it on this. Now 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 let's be honest. Do we have any overpackers? And I'm raising both hands. Like you go for an overnight trip. You take 17 t-shirts, 3 nice shirts, 3 pair of shorts, 5 pair of pants, 10 pair of, of socks and 32 pair of underwear just in case. You just never know. How many of you are overpackers? That's me. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We're, 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 we're together. We need, we need to start a life group together and travel. <laughs> So, so some of us are o- overpackers, some of us are underpackers, some of us <coughs> are overpackers. But I want to tell you that sometimes in life that can be us. Most of us in life are not underpackers. Most of us in, in life, we are over-packers. We, we live our life, and in, in, in our teenage years, we're carrying our bag around and and, and, and in our teenage years, so many people talked bad about us or made fun of us or did something wrong to us or they were offensive to us or they, they hurt me. or they, and, and, and we take every one of those people and we put them in our bag. We put them in our sack and we carry them around as, as we live life. And then we go, then we, then we get married. And, and, and then and I'm not going to say that they offend us because... God bless you, but we offend them. Okay, but but maybe just maybe every once in a while we put a, a item in the backpack. We were carrying our bag around through life and through our teenage years and and through our married years and our dating years, and then then you have kids. We, we're gonna need another bag for this one. <laughs> we're like like oh man, they, they you know again really like you know, like like all all through life. We, 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 we live our life somewhere along the way we realize that we are way too overpacked. We're carrying around hurts and things where, where people did us wrong and, and, and they hurt us and, and we're, we're carrying around this baggage. And, and then we're, we arrive at the destination called today and we realize that we have overpacked. That I'm burdened down and and I've got feelings against this person feelings against that person because they did me wrong or they said something wrong and and somewhere along the road we we add these people into our our carry on bag of life and I want to tell you this, God never intended you to even carry that bag. Somewhere along the road somebody offended you hurt you, said things about you, and what we decide to do with those people because they're hurt, they they hurt me and we, we put them in our bag and we carry them around with us. You don't realize it, but somewhere down deep in your heart there's a bag and you've been carrying these offensive people around with you. And one of the biggest things that we carry around is it's called offense. You see it in our culture, you see it in our world. It's one of the biggest things that we carry around with us. Somewhere along the road, somebody did us wrong. Somebody hurt us. Somebody did something to offend us. We were hurt. We were damaged. And we made the decision that we're just going to put them in our bag and carry that around with us. Overpacked with offenses in our life. First of all, today, I want to talk to you. And and I'm just going to be open and honest with you today. This was a very hard message to write. Because I got to thinking about the, the things that would come up today. But you know what? God wants to dig those out of your life. God wants to heal your life today. And I want to be open and honest with you. You gave the questions And we went to the Word of God, and we want to give you the answers. First of all, I want to describe to you the different ways that people can offend us. But before I describe those things, I want to... There may be people in this room today that are offenders. I do not say this message today to condemn you. I say this message today because at Parkway Life Church, every one of these offenders I have seen healed and made made right again. I have seen these type of offenders come to our church, repent, be baptized, be filled with God's Spirit, and their life is changed. And these people can be healed. So I want to let you know. That at Parkway Life Church, if, if, if I'm fixing to talk about you, it, it's okay to not be okay at Parkway Life Church. But I want to let you know, it's, it's not okay to stay that way. And God can heal you and touch you and then make you less offensive than you've ever been before today. So I want to open, be open, open and honest today to let you know that you can be healed from your mind games and all the things in your life that you've been offending people. So if, if some of these things are, are you, I'm, I'm just going to let you know, you can be healed and be made brand new. At, right here at Parkway Life Church. So, so here we go. Here, here are the types of offenders there's physical offenders, there's ones that hurt people, there's verbal, emotional, and, and psychological offenders people that, that say something or they, they play mind games or they, they, they try to manipulate people. There, there's those kind of offenders, there's sexual offenders, there's spiritual offenders. And then another big topic that we deal with today is racial offenders. We just got to understand that there's all kind of offenders. And, and some of you in this room, you have been offended in, in, a, in, in, in a way that I could not describe. You have been offended. And I'm, I'm here to say today that I'm sorry, but we're going to deal with that today. How do we deal with these offended people? Because you ask the questions. And I want to give you the answers. How do I deal with these type people? First, if you're that people, you can be healed. But if those people did did something to you, you can be healed also. There are people in this room today that have been offended by some or also people in this room that have been offended by all types of the people that I just mentioned. We've been offended. Some in a light way. But I'm going to be honest today. There's people in here today that have been offended in the heaviest of all ways. And I prayed for you today. And my heart was so heavy for you today. Because I'm reaching you today and I want you to be healed also. So I want you to think right now and in this room right now those people have come to your mind. Those people that have physically offended you, verbally offended you sexually offended you, spiritually offended you, or racially offended you, or culturally offended you. Those people are in your mind right now, and that's okay. I want you to think about those people. And we're going to think about those people, and we're fixing to take them to the Word of God to see what God has to say about what we need to do with those kind of people. Now, you better put your seatbelt on, because we're going to go for a ride today. Matthew 5 and 44 says this. But I say unto you, that person that did you wrong, that person that offended you, that person that hurt your feelings, that, that did wrong to you, this is what the Word of God says. The Word of God says to love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Wow, God, couldn't you have said something else? I mean, really, God, like, like, really, how can that be? Because everything in me, everything, even I'm filled with your spirit and living a life and being, a, trying to be a Christian. But when somebody does me wrong, I just want to do them wrong. I just want to be heard, and I want to. I, I want to. I just. I just want to. I, I want to do something bad to them. I want to. I want to carry that weight. And God is saying these things now. We're going to get where, where, where. Why He's saying these things in a minute, but but really, how can this be? If somebody cursed me, if somebody despitefully used me, and goes out of their way to hurt me, it seems to me that the best way to get them back is to retaliate against them and hurt them back. I'm just going to be honest. And if I was to ask you to raise your hand, I know most hands will be raised because that's the way we feel. And all those offenders, the Bible says to love them, bless them, do good to them, pray for them. That's tough. Why would Jesus say this? Listen. Why would Jesus say these words to me? Because it hurts. It hurt me. Why would Jesus say those words to me? Because he realizes that if we handle this situation in the wrong way, it's going to affect me for the rest of my life. They hurt me. They did me wrong. I'm going to do bad to them. Jesus, what do you have to say? Love them, care for them, pray for them. Why? Because he knows it's going to be better for me in the long run. There are multiple stages to being offended. And I would like to show you these today. We're going we're gonna to go through the different stages of, of offense. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to show you these today. The first stage today is this. The first stage is being offended. There will always be offense. Right now, this is offense. This great Gatorade. I wasn't using sweet tea, by the way. <laughs> stage one is being offended or, or, or the feeling of offense. And I'm going to be honest today. Everyone in this room is affected by this stage. By being offended. Everyone gets the feeling of offense. Everyone gets offered a glass of Offense. Let me give you a great word today. You will be offended. You will be offended. In fact, Luke 17 and 1, Jesus says, offense will certainly come. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Offense will come. So if you think you're sneaking around and and offense didn't come, guess what? It's coming, baby. Sometimes it comes 22 times in the day. But offense will come. Jesus said those words. Offense will come. It'll be put in front of you. Someone's going to do something to you that they shouldn't have done. Someone will not do something that you think they should have done. Somebody will say something that they should not have said, or somebody's going to say something that, that, that you or, or not say something that you think they should have said. Somebody will live a lifestyle that you don't agree with. Somebody will post something on social media that hurts your feelings or they will not respond to your social media. Somebody will pass you by and not speak to you. Somebody will do something to you that they had no idea that they even did. You will be offended. It will happen. By your spouse, your best friend, your employer, your boss... Your parents, your kids, we're not perfect people. You will be offended. You will be offended in life. Somewhere in your life, it's going to be there. It's going to be right there, and you can look at it, you can study it, smell it, but it's a offense. It's there. You're offended. Whether it be big, whether it be small, you're going to be offended. Somewhere in your life, someone will place a big glass of offense right there in front of you. But it's what you do with this offense that really matters. See, right now, it's there. We're going to move to stage two taking in the offense. Y'all haven't realized, every time I speak, I'm going to start doing this. (laughs) Stage two is taking in the the offense. It's drinking the poison. See, while ago, it was an external issue. While ago, it was there. It's, It's there. It happened. It hurt. I felt it, but it was an external issue. But then I took it and I drank it and all of a sudden it became a what? It became an Internal issue. Will, will you take in the offense? Will you drink the glass? Will it become a part of who you are? Will, will it start to define you? See, there's a big difference between being offended and taking in the offense. L- l- let me say it this way: Jesus says, "It says this in John chapter 10 and 10." We got to understand this, this this whole issue right here. John 10 and 10 says that the enemy will come to steal, kill, and destroy. We've got to understand this. But Jesus said that he wants to give us life and life more abundantly. That, that when, when this offense comes, the enemy's plan is to steal, kill, and destroy. Steal your joy, kill your joy, destroy your joy. Steal your life, kill you, whatever it is. He, he's trying every way he can to steal, kill, and destroy. And a big way that he's doing that to people today is by offense. But it's the plan of God that you have a life and you have it more abundantly. Now, I'm not saying, I am not telling you today to just ignore the offense. Because it's there, it hurt, it's real. Don't ignore it. You've got to do something with it. You can't ignore the glass. It hurt you, you've got to do something with the glass. You can pretend it's not there. And that's not healthy. You can, you can, you can just, 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 oh, I just, I'm just hiding away. I'm just tucking away. Have you ever heard about the people that, that, that in, I think it was in the 70s or 80s, that, that thought the best thing to do with toxic waste was to bury it? They said the best thing to do with toxic waste is just bury it. It's not there anymore. You don't see it. What did it do? It leaked out of its container, got into the waterways, and affected whole towns. Why? Because we buried it. So we can't just ignore it. We can't just hide it. We can't pretend it's not there and didn't happen. I mean, you could also, you you could drink the cup and you can let anger get the best of you. Or you can admit that that's a cup of poison. I've got to deal with it. I've got to handle it. And I need to go to God and see what I need to do with it. I need to find out what I need to do with it because the, you got to understand this. Now, a while ago, it was there. I drank it. Now, what's there again? Another cup of offense because the enemy knows that if you drink it, he's just going to bring another cup. That offense will be there. Offense will certainly come. It will be every, in, in 2018, it's everywhere we look. The enemy will constantly fill your glass with offense. It's his tactic to steal, kill, and destroy. So stage three, it was, I was offended. I took in the offense. It became internal issue. Now we're moving to stage three offense, which is resentment. Oh, that's not good. I've been offended. Now it feels good. Resentment, oh, i got bad feelings toward this person. I'm resentment. I've been offended. I've taken the offense. And now resentment settles in. And I've got to admit to you, this does not work. Resentment does not work. This is resentment. Resentment is the feeling that someone owes you. It's unforgiveness. It's holding on to something and repeating it over and over and over. I was offended. I took in the offense. Now resentment is settled in. Wh- who does resentment help? It doesn't help anybody. Nobody. It doesn't help you. It doesn't help them. It doesn't help the situation at all. Even Job, who was offended more than any, any person in, in creation has ever been offended. Job said this in 5 and 2. He said, to worry yourself to death with resentment would be a foolish, senseless thing to do. Thank you, Job. That's good advice. Doctor, Dr. S.I. Millikan wrote a book. He said that he said showed the two greatest causes. Listen, the two greatest causes of physical problems. Not emotional, not all this But the two greatest causes of physical problems in life are these two things. It's guilt and resentment. I did it. It was done to me. The two biggest physical causes of problems in life are from guilt and resentment. And he said it's this. He said, it's not so much that you eat. It's really what eats you that matters. Offense. Offense. And then guess what resentment does? Leads to bitterness. You see what goes in? What must come out. I drank in the offense. Took it in. Resentment happened, bitterness happened, and now something's going to come out. It's called bitterness. And I just want to let you know that resentment leads to bitterness. And then bitterness flows out not just towards the person that hurt you, but to every relationship that you have. When you become bitter, it affects all your relationships. And you've got to understand this. You can't compartmentalize bitterness. Well, I'm just being bitter towards that one person. No, you're not, you don't understand. You're being bitter towards them and everybody else that you love. Why? Because it went internal. We allow these offenses to affect every area of life. Now listen, I, I, know, I know they hurt you. I know they hurt you. And this is a tough message. I know they hurt you. I know they we- wounded you. I-, I know that he or she walked out on you. I know they said for better or worse. I know that they let you go for no good reason at work. I know that you were shared your heart with them as friends and they said they would be friends forever or bros for life. And, and then they stabbed you in the back. I get it. I get it. I get it. We've all been there. Some... Bigger and some deeper and some... There's different ways that we've been affected. But, but you've got to understand, I know the hurt is real. I know the hurt is real. I've been there. You've been there. We've all been there. I don't... I, don't, I can't put myself in your shoes today. But as I prayed today and I prayed this morning, I said, God, there's people here with bigger issues and, and small issues and all issues, but God, would you just heal them? Will you do something in their life today? We've all been there. But I want to tell you this. You can't let that offense imprison you for the rest of your life. You can't. And I'll say it this way. Why would you handle, hand over the control of your life To someone that hurt you. Because when offense comes along. It will be there. Goes internal. Resentment and bitterness. What that offense did. Is we turned over control. To the one that offended us. They are controlling us now. Because we are still hurt. And we are still offended. And they are living life to the max. And they may not even know. And understand your hurt or pain. You will be offered the cup, but what you do with it affects the rest of your life. So, so what is the what does the Bible say that we must do? Okay, now at this time, I, I, I did a lot of studying about what people in the Bible did, about what David did when when Saul threw the the, uh, the javelin at him and and David snuck into his camp that night and you know I, and and he could have killed Saul and I looked at Joseph and about all his brothers and all the people did to him throughout his life and what he did and I was thinking what who can I talk about can, can I just talk about what Jesus did Can can I just go straight to the man because I love David. I love love all the different people of the Bible, but I want to be a Jesus follower and I want to put myself in his shoes and live my life like he lived his life. And and I want to see what Jesus did. Can we look at what Jesus did? This is what Jesus did. He forgave. He forgave, he forgave, he forgave. This is not the easiest thing to do, but this is the right thing to do. We find Jesus in the Bible, and it just it just gets me right now we We find him in the Bible he's been beaten and flogged and placed with a crown of thorns and smashed on his head he's been beaten beyond recognition he's been abused in every way he's been spat upon. And yet, and not only that, but he's in so much pain. He's he's actually been put on a cross to die, to be crucified with with spikes through his hands and spikes through his feet, and that's what's holding him on to to this cross. The one that was perfect, that that never did anything wrong, the one that never made a mistake, the one that loves you so much. What what did he do? Listen. He was physically abused beyond recognition. He was verbally abused by his closest friends and they even turned their backs on him when he needed them the most. He was sexually abused by throwing him up naked on a cross in front of everyone where everyone can see and to be exposed. And they humiliated him in so many ways. He was spiritually abused by the ones that should have known who he was. And he was also emotionally abused. I got to tell you today that, that he was offended in every way possible in his life. And during the greatest part of the offense against him. What did Jesus do? <laughs> what did he do at the moments that he was most offended in his life? I, he was human. Yes, he was God, but he was human. And he felt the pain. You got to understand this. He felt the pain of the beating and all the things that he, he, it actually killed him. And Jesus Christ, at the moment of his largest offenses coming against him, what did he do? While he was on the cross, not after he rose again, not after the Romans said, I'm sorry, Jesus, I really didn't mean to do it. Not after the Pharisees said, I'm sorry, which, which none of them really did that. But, but not, not in that moment. Nobody asked him for forgiveness. Nobody. Nobody came and repented before the cross and said, God, I'm so sorry to do this. But in the moment of offense, which I've got to take a time out. If, if you're waiting on someone to forgive you, or or, or waiting on someone to ask for forgiveness. You may be waiting your whole life while he's bleeding on the cross in the worst pain that you could ever imagine. In the moment of his largest offenses, what did Jesus say? Jesus said this, Father, forgive them. But they don't know what they're doing. In the moments of he was greatest offenses, when he could have cursed them all and just wiped them all out and start all over, he said, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's a big, strong thing to do. As it was happening, Jesus said, I forgive them. And I've got to be honest with you. I've put him on the cross. I've done things to put him there. And that's why it, it breaks my heart that he was there and in that, that offense. But, you, but do you know what he did for me and you? And every offense that we have ever done in our life, every time we have offended or sinned against him, it, it, it's been painful. But do you know what he did? Way before you committed that, 2,000 years ago, he said, I forgive them for I don't know, for they know not what they do. And I want to tell you, if you're here today and you are an offender, God's telling you today, I'm sorry. Right, he's saying, I forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. It's what Jesus did. It's what Jesus did. So that's what we got to do. A lot of people say, well, that That's weak. No, it's the strongest thing you will ever do in your life. It's weak to retaliate. It's weak to be offended and offend someone back. But it's very strong to say, I forgive them. It takes strength. Now I want to give you a quick disclaimer this. when this. Because a lot of people get forgiveness wrong. When I say forgive them... I'm not saying that you have to start trusting them again. When I say forgive them, I'm not saying let them back into your life. You may need to put distance. You may need to put an area. But, but I'm not saying that you have to trust them. That's a, a total different message there. What I'm saying is that you've got to forgive them because we're going to get to what forgiveness is in a minute. It, and, and it doesn't say this. It doesn't say forgive and forget. That's impossible. We're human. We don't forget anything. It just says to forgive. So how do we forgive? How do we start moving towards that direction of forgiveness? Number one is this, and we've already read it once, but here it is again. Number one, we've got to pray for the offender. That's a strong thing to do. That's a hard thing to do. But that's what Jesus says to do, and we're going to talk about it. But the first thing that we've got to do is we need to pray for the offender. Luke six twenty seven through 28 But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those that hate you, bless those that curse you, and pray for those that mistreat you. Romans 12 and 14, just in case you didn't get it the first time, says, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. And then Matthew 5 and 44 says again, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. It's a tough thing to do, but it's the right thing to do that person in your mind, that person that hurt you, I I, I beg of you, start praying for that person. Start praying for them. And and you're like, yeah, I'll pray for them. I'll put my hands on them. I I will lay hands on them right now. No, 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 no. I'm just saying pray for them. The Bible says to pray for them. Praying for the person that has hurt you is not really for the one that has hurt you. Listen, praying for the one that has hurt you is more for you than it is them. When you begin to pray for them, your heart becomes, it, it just softens that, 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 that strong and rock heart. It, it's better for you. God will deal with them. It says that in the Bible. I will, I, will, I will handle the issue. You're a child of God, okay? There will be a day when God handles the issue. But what do you do in the meantime? I pray for them. When you pray for them, it releases the bitterness in your heart. Praying for them is like the antibiotic for your hurt. It is. Praying for them is like the antibiotic. And listen, it doesn't have to start out as a long prayer for that person. It, 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 it's probably going to start out like this. It's going to be like, God, I pray for so and so, bless them. Not a whole bunch, but bless them. The end. I'm just going to be honest. It's tough. That that right there alone takes every strength that God has ever given you to do to take that first step. And then a few times later, it grows to this. God, I pray for them. God, I, I pray for whatever is broken in them that caused them to hurt me. Would you heal that in them? See how it's it's, it's getting better here. I pray for that whatever's broken in them cause them to hurt me. Would you heal that in them? See, see, this is a a big thing that I learned a long time ago is it's a cycle. Offense is a cycle. And this is what happens. Somebody was hurt when they were a kid, when they were a teenager, when they were an adult. Somebody was hurt. And you know what that hurt person wants to do? It wants to hurt other people Broken people want to break people I've said it time after time again Hurt people what? Hurt people It's a cycle And if you don't watch it You're going to be in this cycle Why? Because hurt people Hurt people And that's why Jesus is saying Hey, stop, time out Pray for them They're hurt They're sick They need to be healed. Every offender in this nation right now, they're sick. They need a healing. God can heal. God can do the impossible. So if they offended you, God can do the impossible and he can heal them. So hurt people, hurt people. But you know what else? Forgiven people and we were forgiven. What? Forgive people. It's tough. I didn't say it was going to be easy. The reason that they hurt you was because something was messed up in them. Second Timothy 2.26 says, Then they will come to their senses and escape from where? From the devil's trap. For they have been held captive also by him to do whatever he wants. The reason they lashed out at you was because somebody hurt them. Don't become a victim of the cycle. Break the cycle and let's heal it. We pray for them. Praying for them is more about you than it is for them. And who knows? Who knows? Maybe one day, maybe one day you will pray for them so much that it brings you to the point of leading them back to Christ. What an amazing moment that would be. At this very moment, that's the last thing on your mind. But what an amazing moment when you lead them to an altar and they ask for forgiveness. Why? Because you broke the cycle. You healed it. And everything was fixed. I think that would be a great moment. Number two is this. Number one is we pray for the offender. Number two is we forgive as we've been forgiven. Colossians 3.13, bear with each other and forgive one another. And if any of you has a grievance against against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. How, How much do we forgive? As the Lord forgave me. As the Lord forgave me, how 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 much do or or how many times do I forgive? Go to Peter and ask Peter about that one. Jesus says uh, seventy times seven. I mean, he he says he says there's really no number on the amount of times. All I say is this: forgive as the Lord forgave you. You've been forgiven. Forgive as the Lord forgives you. To close today, and and I want to I want to really expose something about offense. I really want to expose something about offense as we close. Because so many times... I brought Nike up at the beginning, okay? So many people were offended at Nike because of Colin Ka- Kaepernick and all these different issues. If I was to look in your issue, you were offended by someone... If, if we, we could get into the race card right now about big issue right now in this world, and it does not belong in the church. Amen. I'm so honored to have you all here leading us today. You know why? Because it doesn't belong at Parkway Life Church. It's not a black and white issue. It's been made into that. It's not a Nike Reebok issue. It's not a sexual offender offended issue. It's it's, it's way deeper. But we treat it as that. We treat it as a black and white issue. We treat it as an issue against that person. But it's not against that person. Ephesians 6 and 12 says this. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But against principalities Against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world Against spiritual wickedness in high places Do you know what offense causes you to do? It causes everybody in this room to take a side We want to take a white side or a black side we want to take a Nike side or a, a Reebok side. or we, we want to take this side or that side. Why? Because offense will always cause you to take sides between one person and another. There are no sides. Let me say it again. There are no sides between us. There are no sides, should be no sides between people. That's why offense is happening in 2018. Because the enemy knows if I can break them, I can keep them focused between one and the other. And when I'm focused, when I'm focused, and I'm sorry, because I'm not a racist at all. I love black people. I love white people. I love red people. I love Mexicans. I love everybody. But whenever I make it a black and white issue, we take sides. It's not time to take sides. In in 2018, the enemy wants me to take a side, the enemy wants you to take a side. There are no sides. Because you know, let's get to the heart of this issue. I'm about to get fired up in here. I can't stand division. God can't stand division. You know who wants division? The rulers and principalities of this world. And you're missing the whole point of offense. Because what the enemy's doing, he's got a big stirring stick going, Oh yeah, I'm going to keep them mad at Nike. I'm going to keep them mad at the black and the white and the Mexican. I'm going to keep them white between the husband and the wife. I'm, I'm going to keep it stirred up as long as I can keep it stirred up. And we're missing the whole picture because we have been, we, we've been causing division along the whole way. And God's not about division. He's about making it one and bringing it all back together and loving each other and loving everybody. I died for the sinner and the saint and everybody in here. We're missing it. For we wrestle not against The black and the white. We wrestle not against the flesh and the blood. We don't wrestle against Colin Kaepernick or whoever is out there today on the billboard. I can care less. I got my Nikes on. I got my... We don't have time for division in this. Why? Because the heart of the issue is we are wrestling against principalities and rulers of this world. And he's going to keep stirring it up as long as we keep eating it. As long as we keep drinking the offense. He's going to keep... Oh, I got some more Gatorade with that key from we wrestle against principalities we don't wrestle against the sexual offender God can forgive them. and I'm going to be honest at Parkway you can come here no matter who you are now you may not be able to serve in our kids or students but you can come to church here and meet Jesus Christ and find a brand new life we don't wrestle against your ex spouse or your brother or sister or your boss. It's a whole bigger issue. So, against the enemy of this world. I follow a pastor. Would you stand with me? I follow a pastor. You, you can stand with me. I follow the story of this pastor. His name is Davey Blackburn. And, man, this story has changed my life. In 2015, he he was a pastor in, I believe, Indiana or somewhere, Indianapolis. In 2015, he was pastoring a really great big church, growing, doing great things. he, He went to the gym one day. And Davey went to the gym, left his wife, his pregnant wife, about eight or nine, my seven, eight months pregnant at the time. He had left his wife at home, and Davy went and worked out, went to the gym, just like a normal day, and gets done. He comes back home. And once he arrived back at the house, he couldn't find his wife. <coughs> Searched all through the house, called her on the phone. He finally found her phone. It was ringing in one of the rooms, and he goes in there. And his wife, his young wife, pregnant wife, laid there in a pool of blood on the floor. Not responsive. Calls 911. They get there, take her to the hospital. She didn't make it. The baby didn't make it. Davy's heart broke. This is his world. I can't imagine He later finds out that during the middle of the day she had been murdered in her own home by three men that were just trying to rob their home and had murdered her. I heard an interview with Davy about a year later and this has really called my attention. He had spent time healing from this unbelievable offense. He took time out from pastoring. Really, really spent time and, and was healed. And, and, and about a year later, he, he went back to pastoring and he was brought into this church and they interviewed him. And I watched this video or this interview of Davy the other day. Davy started explaining. He said, he said, you know, immediately drank the cup, drank the offense. I, I, it went internal. I, I got angry and, and I wanted to kill him what he said. And then he saw their pictures on the news and man, anger just really just boiled up more and more and more. And then he saw, saw them and anger started just rising up. But over time, he said what he realized. He realized this. That God says that we got to forgive. No just like I told you earlier, and you were like, I've got to forgive him. David. I mean, really, they just killed his wife. He, was, he wrestled with it. It's like, God, I can't do it. This is what he, he came up with. He said he realized that forgiveness is not an emotion. He realized, he said, I, I wasn't ever going to feel like forgiving them. Because you're never going to feel like forgiving them. Because they hurt you. They took something from you. They caused something bad to happen to you. And he said he realized that forgiveness is a decision. It's not a one time decision, but it's a daily decision. And he said some days the feelings are stronger than others. But he still has to decide. I gotta forgive them. I gotta decide I gotta I'm gonna forgive them. He said he started realizing that unforgiveness and bitterness was not going to affect him because he started noticing it. And he stopped it there. He said, It's not going to affect me. He says, Because it was becoming like a cancer to him. And it was eating him up on the inside. And then he said something that brought chill bumps up and down my spine. These guys had murdered his wife. And he said this He said, You know what? He said, I really don't know how this would ever happen. And if it did, what and exactly or how I would do this. He said these words. He said, but I hope that one day I really hope that I get the opportunity to sit down with these three guys, share the gospel. That's strong. You don't need no gym for that. He said this, and this is the point. He said, imagine that these three guys met Jesus. And he said this. He said, imagine the punch to the face that this would give the enemy if they were one to Christ through this. And he's writing a book right now called... Nothing is wasted. Mm. What if? I know they hurt you. I know they did something wrong, but there was probably something a long time ago that hurt them. What if we decided to forgive them? Pray for them. And really realize that the heart of this whole issue is not between me and them. But between me and Satan himself. And I told Satan, hey, I'm forgiving them. I'm going to pray for them. Why? Because I'm about to give the devil a big old punch in the face right here. Because it's not going to continue with me. It's not going to keep going. The cycle is going to be broken. God, right now in this room, there are so many emotions. But God, you know every heart. And God, every hurt in this room right now, you experience that hurt because we're your child. Right now I'm asking you God We've been carrying these offenses We've been holding on to them We've been carrying them around And God it, it has not hurt the offender one time But God this whole time it's been hurting me I was offended And it hurt and I took it in become an internal issue And I've been carrying this weight so long and today I'm going to make a decision, God. And this decision is for all of you today. Will you continue to carry that bag for the rest of your life? Or will you come to an altar, take that bag, and say, God, I'm laying at an altar today. And I'm going to start forgiving that person. I said start. Start. I'm going to forgive them time after time after time. Because, God, we want to be like you. And, God, we don't want to live in a life where Satan has stolen our joy, steal, kill, or destroy. But, God, we want to live a life in freedom and live a life more abundantly. God, the the life that you laid out for us to begin with. And, God, today, now I understand why it is. That I need to love those that have hurt me. That I need to pray for those that offended me. And I need to love those and let them go because God, it's really the healing in my heart that needs to take place. This is a very solemn time right here. And, And I'm not usually the guy that asks you to close your eyes, but I've just got to know today. Would you close your eyes? I don't know what they did to you. I don't know how they hurt you. It may have been small. It may have been so huge you cannot handle it. But in a minute, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And when you raise your hand, if it's you, I want you to clamp your fist like a fist when you raise it. And I want you to hold that offense in your hand today. If you've been offended in your life and you're still carrying it, with all eyes closed, would you just slip that fist in the air right now and just keep it raised? With no one please looking around, would you hold that fist in the air? Right now, You have a decision to make You can walk away from this day With a closed fist Saying that I'm going to hold on to this But I'm just going to let you know It's not hurting them, it's hurting you Or you can make the decision today That says in a minute When I count to three You're going to begin to open that hand And you're going to release your offender You're going to forgive them. You're going to begin to pray for them. You're going to ask God to help them to to heal their hurt, their pain. And God, would you at the same time heal my bitterness and heal my hurt and my pain? When I say three in just one minute, I want you to release it. If you choose to, it's totally up to you. You can walk out of this building. Nothing's changed, but at Parkway Life Church, we are here to change your life today, to make life and life more abundantly. So when I say three, if you would, I'm going to ask you to open your fist, and I'm going to ask you to begin to release your offender and begin to pray for that offender. No names, please. No names in this room, but just begin to forgive them. Begin to pray for them. Begin to rejoice that God is doing something today in your heart, and He's going to do something in their heart. It's on three. Ready? One, two, three. Three, I release them, God, today. God, I pray right now, God, there's been a lot of pain. There's been a lot of hurt in this room right now. Would you help me? Would you help me pray for these that have been offended in this room right now? They need the help of a church. They need the prayer of a church today. God, I pray right now for all those that have been offended today, God. God, you know their hurt. You know their pain. You know their situation. But, God, you took on their pain. You took on their hurt on a cross a long time ago go, and you forgive us, God. We want to be just like you, and we want to forgive those that have forgiven that have came against us, God. It takes a lot of strength. It takes a lot of heart today to do what you're doing, but this is the beginning of a process today of your healing and your restoration and to get you back to where God wants you to be, living a life of freedom today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Can we sing today, and can we rejoice today for those that have been started? Of this process today is in Jesus' name. I ask you, pray today, God. I pray today, God. I thank you today for the healing, God. I thank you for the restoration that is beginning today. I thank you, God, for the freedom that we're experiencing at this very moment, God. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy, but with God's strength, he said this. He says, for when you are weak, he is strong.